0: Everyone. Welcome to the Bold, Beautiful, Borderline podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sarah, and I'm here with Lori, and we are so excited to be back. If you're listening to this right now, it is September, which means it's a little bit in the future. Um, we're not we're not currently in September. We're currently in August, but we are recording for the. Um, start of our episodes again. We've taken the last month off for some respite, a nice break. Um, and we're just really looking forward to coming back. This is kind of a fun episode. We finished off where, um, where we left off was a two-parter. We had Linda join us and she talked to us about her experience with hospitalization. It was a super intense episode. So if you guys felt that, I honor that. That was a hard one to listen to, but such an important one for us to reflect on our inpatient hospitalization systems and their major flaws. But today, a little bit more low-key um, before I get into it, though, Lori has some Patreon folks that we need to um, express our most gratitude for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're a Patreon member, you'll know that you didn't have August off of our really probably annoying voices, um, because we had bonus episodes throughout August. If you aren't a Patreon person and you want to get access to those, um, please do sign up. You can um, message us or find just Google bold, beautiful borderline Patreon, and you'll get bonus episodes for all of August and, um, previous ones that we've done as well. So, um, we have a bunch of new Patreon people and we love you all so much. So this is a little bit of a list today. We're not just doing one at a time anymore. Um, but we just really want to thank Ashley, Morna, Tristan, Veronique, and Colleen for being new Patreon members, and uh, couldn't do all this without you, and we're super excited to get to know you all better, so thank you. Yeah,
0: guys, thank you. Um, Okay, so today's episode is a little bit different. I was, like, laying on the floor in my boyfriend's bedroom, and I don't know why (laughs) he still has this. I got rid of all of my college textbooks except for like two from graduate school. And he was not a psychology major. So again, I don't know why he has this textbook still. Um, but I found a personality psychology book, Lori from 2009 on his bookshelf. And I was like, Oh, let me just go ahead and find the borderline personality blurb page, whatever. And I just thought, like, let's read through it and see what we agree with, what the field thinks is still true, what has changed, if anything is triggering
1: to us, if anything (laughs) we need to call bullshit on. I almost want to make some, like, guesses. Okay, yeah, do it. So I'm pretty sure it's going to talk about it being incurable, it being um, people who are manipulative. it talking about difficulties in relationships like forever as opposed to something that might be temporary um it's it might talk about dbt but it might not dbt has been around for a while but it hasn't been super accessible or popular i bet it doesn't talk about dbt that's my bet yeah i i wouldn't think so because it probably doesn't talk about treatment at all uh probably emphasizes like um, like the negatives of impulsivity rather than some of the positives. And I had another thing that I was going to predict. No, I lost it. But those are my predictions for this 2009 book. If anybody's listening to this in the far future, it is currently 2021. So this is a 12-year-old book
0: for our 2024 subscribers yeah do you think we're still gonna have this podcast in 2024
1: I don't know people will still be listening to it though because even through our month off we're still getting like tons of listeners a day so like if people are going back I don't know anyways so who knows the future is weird the future is also with I just like what else would we
0: talk about (laughs) Uh, bitch we're still gonna be alive in three years are we? Oh, anyway. We're not gonna. We're not gonna bust in three years. <laughs> the oceans are not like rising that quickly. Um, but don't have any children if you're listening. Procreation yeah. not for us. No, Let no, us no. be
1: the end. Yes, <laughs> just much. kidding.
0: We appreciate your autonomy and your dignity and worth and your decision making. Please have children if you feel fiscally, financially, emotionally, physically capable of
1: doing so. But or just, not because that's also know, your right yeah just know that they may not anyways they might be the last of the generations this i kidding. i disagree we're not cutting this
0: this is an important conversation it is an
1: important conversation i was so di- okay this is really off track but Aaron went to like a dinosaur museum like shut we, up <laughs> yeah. okay okay keep going i'm so excited um i didn't go but his friend is an archaeologist. So he wanted to go to this dinosaur museum. So he went with him and anyways, apparently it was really cool because like they would have like extinction events like listed, like, so it would be like these survived until like extinction event one and then these survived until extinction event two. And then, and then I, we were going for a walk last night and I was like, shit, like we're probably about to hit an extinction event, like in the next lifetime. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of fucking scary. I, I truly have been thinking
0: about this specific issue more and more. Um, the reason I got so excited though, we have a new dino, um, exhibit at our OMSI, which is Oregon museum of science and information, I think. Um, and I'm like, so excited. I asked Andrew to go for my birthday, but, um, no, I've been thinking more and more about this specific issue. And it is, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Ooh, hot. I don't know. Um, (laughs) for everybody listening, Laura just chatted in and told me who the archaeologist is. And my response was, (laughs) Ooh, hot. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to sit in the unknown. I think people with borderline personality disorder really struggle with that staying present and, like, the the world is getting hot and we don't know what the future is. And if you find that incredibly distressing, please, like, lean back
1: into just the present, right? Yeah, and I should point out that I think I look at these things with, like, more of a morbid view than I should or than, than most. Like, I don't, to me, it doesn't bug me, but, like, I have had chronic suicidality my entire life so like the concept of like the world ending or like dying or you know, like none of that really like scares me or bugs me so like I should I should acknowledge that like to some people that is absolutely terrifying and to me it's like meh, if it happens it happens totally yeah but also um, please recycle and don't drive for no reason and blah 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 blah, blah. it's not that global warming happens because it happens we can do something about it For sure.
0: Just so you guys know, Lori and I are going to launch a second podcast all about um, sustainable living and how to properly (laughs) recycle and how to um, keep us going to the second next generation. As I drink out of my
1: metal straw and one time I drank out of a metal straw and I literally chipped my tooth and then my dentist laughed at me. I haven't been to a dentist since this book was
0: published about, like, I literally have not been to a dentist for eight years, which yeah, do as I say, not as I do folks. Um, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. And I'm sure our listeners are very ready. (laughs) Okay. So we'll just kind of go through this, but page 597 of personality psychology published 2009 says the lives of persons with borderline personality disorder are marked by instability their relationships are unstable. Their behavior is unstable. Their emotions are unstable, and their images of themselves are unstable. Let's consider each of these, starting with
1: relationships. Are we doing a full read through and then commenting, or are we commenting, commenting? I
0: think we should comment as we go, um, and it's only like six
1: paragraphs. Okay, so the first thing that I notice, which I'm actually impressed by, is that it says persons with borderline personality disorder, right? Um, and the, the reason that I'm because you think it's person-centered, um, well, it's, that's part of it, but I was actually more commenting on the fact that that's gender inclusive, which is not necessarily common in old writings about BPD because it's very much considered a woman's issue, which it's not right. But it's also not saying borderlines, blah, 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 blah. It's saying people, people with borderline, which is better language. Totally. The most person-centered would be people who
0: experience. Um, okay. The relationships of borderline individuals. So there we go. Oh. Borderline <laughs> individuals. Fuck.
1: Kate, well, they, scratch that. They lost their points.
0: The relationship of borderline individuals tends to be intense, emotional, and potentially violent. They suffer from strong fears of abandonment. If such persons sense separation or rejection and an important relationship, profound changes in their self-image and how they behave, wait if if they sense separation or rejection in an important relationship, there may be profound changes in their self-image
1: and how they behave. Um, okay. they, may, I, they may become
0: very angry at other people.
1: Okay, I this, this most of that is fair. I should have predicted the violence word being used, right? Though. Which is yeah. like
0: the least common thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it, and it just goes into the stereotypes about anybody with mental illness, right? Like people think people with schizophrenia are really violent, and they're actually like statistically less violent than the average person. Oh my so god,
0: like, true! I once had a uh, client with schizophrenia put their finger up a nose of a caregiver. Like, well, it had been in their ass first, but not violent
1: i mean great but not violent yeah it's like that might technically classify as assault but anyways um
0: not physically violent
1: no no and that and the fact that that's like the second line of this whole description is like people with or borderlines may be violent is or sorry yeah is the problem not like sometimes the anger can be accompanied with behaviors right that or harm themselves or others verbal he-
0: violence or like let's pr- like let's just dis- differentiate between the two right because like I think it's a lot more common that people are like verbally abusive
1: mm-hmm. with
0: BPD than physically abusive but violence like that to me speaks to physical abuse
1: yeah that's fair and especially when this book was written it would speak to physical abuse it wouldn't okay. it wouldn't even encompass any of the other things I do I mean there are people who have borderline personality disorder that have violence as part of their symptomology. I was one of those people. So like, I don't want to discredit that that word is like not true. Um, but the way that I always word it, if I do, which I often don't on purpose, but if I do, I say violence towards themselves or others, because like, let's like self-harm is self-violence. Right. So like the fact that it's just saying like violence implies hurting other people, which leads to the fear of people with mental illness and specifically BPD. So just my own personal, if I had to write the textbook, that's what I would say. Totally.
0: Totally. Um, oh, this is when it gets real great. I can already tell. When others leave them, they feel strong abandonment fears and sometimes become angry or aggressive. Sometimes in their efforts to manipulate people back into their relationships, they engage in self-mutilating behavior. Or suicide attempts.
1: Do we need to, do we need to,
0: do we need to digest that? Or do you want me to keep going?
1: Well, I mean, I think, I think anybody listening to this podcast knows that that's bullshit. Um, and and that's the stigma that we fight
0: so hard to mm. discredit because like, let's go back to the need, right? The need is to feel like people love us. The need is to receive validation how you go about getting that need met has been labeled as manipulative. But again, we're just fucking figuring out how to get our needs met. If and it's not adaptive, sorry, we're trying to stay alive.
1: Yeah, we weren't taught the adaptive way of doing that. Clearly, nobody self-harms because they want to. That is not a thing. Like like that's maybe an oversimplification, but like it's always for something else, right? Like it's not to manipulate people, it's because You're so desperate to get the thing that you need that, like, that's the only thing you can come up with. Self harming is not comfortable and it's not fun. And yeah, I've like, I don't know, Sarah, if you have, but I have used it in situations like that where, you know, I'm so concerned about being abandoned that I'll self harm. And it's not trying to get the person to come back to me. Like, at least it's not me plotting that. You know what I mean? Like, I've never showed anyone self-harming scars
0: or like my self-harm.
1: Like, that's the other ever. thing too. I guess pe- people are like, banging oh, banging pe- has been seen, but other than that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I have been, I have sh- like, yeah, I've been a little bit more like maybe fr- like brought it to the forefront a little bit more on occasion, but um, yeah, like I, I always think of I, I can't remember what the exact wording that I saw, but somebody was saying like, yeah, okay. So you're saying that, um, self-harm is for attention yet we've been wearing long sleeve shirts in the summer, our entire lives. You know what I mean? Like, no, we're hiding these things from you a lot of the time. I'm
0: so sorry, but I still see that chat. At the bottom of my screen, the little one saying that you sent me a message, and all I can think now is sending a a DM and being like, "Dig me up, baby." <laughs> um.
1: Okay. I feel like a, maybe like a fill my hole joke might also work, but yeah, no, like, like empty a, my hole. That's weird. Yeah.
0: Bring my dead parts back to life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, a study of 84 hospital patients with a diagnosis of BPD found that 72% had a history of attempting suicide. We now know that Oh, well, I guess the likelihood is 90%. I don't know the actual attempt percentage. Correctly. Sorry,
1: was that a like a pop or like a sample size of 80 people? So what is it? 80. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like first okay, <laughs> so take about 10 people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I think that speaks to the time too, right? Like I've, we didn't say in 2009, we had borderline personality disorder very often. It was not being diagnosed nearly as often as it is now. DBT wasn't nearly as common. Um, it's still not common. It's still so hard to access. So I think it probably would have been hard to get larger sample sizes. To also, I up. can
1: almost guarantee you all 84 of those people were women. Probably white. women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay. So 72% had a history of attempting suicide. In fact, among this sample, the average borderline patient had attempted suicide on at least three occasions. The relationships of borderline individuals are unpredictable and intense. They may may go from idealizing the other to ridiculing the other. They are prone to ooh, sudden ooh.
1: shift. I don't like that. Idealizing really? to ridiculing yeah is more that's a that's not used anymore that terminology I, like idolizing to demonizing idolizing to devaluing I don't know ridiculing seems like like you're blaming like, or being like it's like being like nasty on purpose nasty. sure I guess okay maybe I'm overreacting <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe i him. mean i i know that i have done this regardless of how you label it i've done it a lot so i totally
1: like, the radical acceptance in me is like call it what you want but it's true for me <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough and i mean i just but worth pointing out that i have never heard it's called that idolizing term. and ridicule, ridiculing so just something interesting at the very least sure um
0: You know what? We should get our hands on like a 2021 textbook and do the same episode again. That would be so cool. Yeah. Put that on our board you manage that I never look at. Um, Okay. They may go from being submissive to being an avenger of past wrongs. The movie Fatal Attraction contains a character with several features of the borderline personality disorder. I guess we have to watch Fatal Attraction now and podcast about it.
1: Um yeah, I've there are, there are very few, if any, good examples of borderline in media. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of the movies about it, like peripherally, and like it's none of them are great. But the fatal attraction. I have one
0: close. S- plays
1: the character alex who has many of the
0: characteristics of borderline personality disorder i i don't i've never seen this movie but this photo of this person looks gnarly like honey lay off the eyeliner
1: i know it was the (laughs) 90s but like sister sister. well and i mean just the fact that like it's called fatal attraction you can assume what's happening right yeah um okay Borderline
0: persons have shifting views of themselves. Their values and goals are shallow and change easily. I'm offended. I'm offended at shallow. I'm offended at shallow. It does change quickly, but I'm offended at shallow. Yep. That's fair. Mostly these emotions are caused by interpersonal events, especially abandonment or neglect. When stressed by others, the borderline person may lash out, become bitter, sarcastic, or aggressive. Periods of anger are often followed by shame, guilt, and feelings of being evil or bad. All of that's true for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Borderline persons often complain of feeling empty. They also have a way of undermining their own best efforts, such as dropping out of a training program just before finishing or destroying a caring relationship just when it starts to go smoothly. Okay, so this is an interesting thing because I was just like reading through this and reflecting internally, right. As like, fuck, they haven't said a single positive thing yet in this entire page. And the only positive word is the best. This has been the only positive word used so far in this page. Um, they have an, a way of undermining their own best efforts best efforts acknowledging that we can have best efforts but we undermine them that is the only positive thing that's been said so far and I have to like really dig like I'm an archaeologist to find best <laughs>
1: um yeah I mean I would say that that's not actually positive in the context of the sentence it's but not yeah. it's yeah. not
0: I had to like seriously distort that
1: yeah um sadly that doesn't surprise me that it's all negative I mean, we should, I, we haven't talked about this, I don't think on the podcast, but, um, in super feelers, we have a decent amount of parents and we were talking about how to tell your kids with about BPD in like a good way. And, uh, we found this children's book called Millie, the cat has borderline personality disorder. And it like, it's like about the symptoms, but then like literally at least 50% of the book is about like all of the amazing things that come with BPD. And it's like, so cool. And, um, like, if a children's book can talk about the positives, how can a textbook just completely ignore all of those things?
0: Well, not only that, right, but this is the textbook that is training the basis of our mental health professionals. This is the, the, the learning that they're going to go into graduate school having. This is undergraduate level learning. This is what is going to start their entire belief about people like us in their career. No wonder, right? I mean, no wonder Mm -hmm. everybody's afraid to get diagnosed, afraid to get treatment. I had someone today DM me saying like that my emotional regulation skills group is the best thing that's happened to them because they've been on a wait list for DBT for a year and they expect another year on a wait list. And in that period of time, they feel like they've been completely abandoned by their treatment team. And it's like, I mean, yeah, you probably have been abandoned by your treatment team. They probably don't want to deal with symptoms anymore, right? Right. Because they're not they're not person centered providers. And what's, that's not this person's fault. It's not that no. person's fault.
1: And what's so amazing about your skills group is that like people are going to learn these skills on the wait list or after DBT or whatever, but then they're gonna go to DBT and they're gonna already have a foundation that is so fundamental to doing any of these skills for the rest of your life. So like yeah, I'm that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's cool, but it's just like that is so frustrating to me that they've been abandoned by their treatment team. This is why. This is why, because this is the shit, right? 2009, all of us were reading this stuff. I was in college in 2009. Were you? Yeah, that was my freshman year of college. I started college when I was 16. Oh, okay. I was like, I was definitely in high school and we're the same age. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I had my associates when I was 17. Um, Okay. The borderline person is characterized by huge vacillations. Vacillations. I'm going to have to Google that. that V-A-C-I-L-L-A-T-I-O-N-F.
1: It must just mean like. <laughs> v i. Sorry, you're going to have to say that again. V-I. V-A. <laughs> cool. Good start. Yep. C-I. Yeah. L-L. Mm-hmm. A-T. Faciliating? I-O-N-S. The inability to decide between different options or actions slash indecision. Okay. I'm not a big word person. That shit makes me so mad. I'm not a big word person. I've literally never heard that word before. What Aaron calls this is decision paralysis. And I like that a lot better. Because it's like you have multiple decisions and then you panic and can't make a decision. He is the worst for that, actually. Cannot make
0: a decision. I hate that shit. I think that was part of why I loved being with Tori so much, to be honest with you. I didn't have to make a single decision. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, Okay, they can shift quickly from loving another to hating that same person. They are very demanding on their friends, relative, lovers, and therapists because they are manipulative. Worst line in the book so far. Worst line in the book. I, maybe once upon a time, I was demanding of my friendships, but literally, like, I haven't seen any of my friends in months. And I, I never tell my friends when I'm struggling. You are the only friend that I tell when I'm struggling. Like, my friends have to reach out to me. So that is
1: bullshit. No, no. Yeah. So, not to discredit that. Um, I wouldn't use the word demanding because we're manipulative or whatever the fuck they said. Obviously, that's not the wording I would use. But I will say that, like, we could be a lot as a species (laughs) or as a whatever we're
0: called. We can be
1: overwhelming to people,
0: but I never demand anything from anyone.
1: No, 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 me neither. I think overwhelming would be a much better use of the word. Overwhelming when dysregulated. Because not overwhelming all the time. That's that's the other thing too, is like this, this, everything that they're saying in this book is not giving the space for the fact that like 80% of the time we're not like this. Right. So like, yeah, overwhelmed when dysregulated or overwhelming when dysregulated would make more sense.
0: Yeah. Highly offended at that one. Um, Okay. So we're demanding... Blah, 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 because we're manipulative. For example, they may threaten or even try suicide when they don't get their way. Um, Table 19.3 lists the major features of borderline personality disorder, along with examples of beliefs and thoughts that person with the disorder might commonly have. Persons with borderline personality disorder compared to those without have had a higher incidence of childhood physical or sexual assault, neglect, or early parental loss. Many researchers believe that borderline personality disorder is caused at, caused by an early loss of love from parents, as may happen in parental death, abuse, severe neglect, or parental drug or alcohol abuse. We don't even use alcohol abuse anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, That's interesting because it's not, well, is it talking about the invalidating environment later or is it just like basically blaming parents? Because like well, all it's so saying it's, right now is blaming parents.
0: It said early loss of love from parents. I mean, that and but, invalidation are not too different, but like yeah. Also, parents can love us and invalidate us.
1: A hundred percent. Totally. I think so, that's probably usually the case, actually. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, like the fact that it's coming off as very parent blamey, even though, like, obviously, we all know that like there's a lot of childhood challenges but it's not necessarily your parents fault for those challenges either
0: fuck no my mom did everything she could to try within her skill set at the time which was very limited to try to prevent me from being the way that I am but also she had three brothers kill themselves and like you know just yeah. like all of those things that could not be prevented genetics perhaps right, right. like I mean yeah um okay Early loss may affect a child's capacity to form relationships. So this is what's weird for me. I mean, like my life has been one loss after another. It's felt like um, because of so much suicide and death, but I remember wanting to die as soon as I had thoughts and I hadn't yet experienced any loss.
1: So that's bullshit. I don't know. I think that that's also maybe a generational thing. Like I don't, I mean, that could be totally wrong, but I feel like the longer I'm alive and the longer I'm working in the mental health field, the younger and younger and younger and younger and younger, I start seeing people with like severe ideation really young. Right. So like, I don't know what that is. That's a discussion for another time, but like, you know, yeah, it could just be a little different. Yeah.
0: Yeah when we're much more willing to talk about ideation planning and attempts now than we've ever been. So, um,
1: okay. <laughs> That's the thing too, right. Is like, people say like, oh my God, there's so many more gay people now. It must be because we're teaching about homosexuality in class or whatever. Like,
0: I would have loved if there was more gay people when I was
1: trying <clears throat> no, I to date. But obviously I don't think this, but like, it, you you hear that, right. And you're just right. like, or they're coming out. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like maybe your grandpa, like, Was gay the whole time? You know what I mean. Like he just like didn't come out because he wasn't allowed to. That's okay.
0: Can I just tell you a brief story, a non-BPD story? One of my girlfriends, when I was like trying to date before I met Tori, was like, "I don't. Why are you having such a hard time, Sarah? I don't get it." And I, at the time, I was like only dating women. I was like, "Okay, friend. Um, I want you to imagine that like ten percent of the population is gay, right? On average." Okay. Let's just assume 50% of that 10% is female lesbian. So that gives me 5%. Let's just assume that, uh, 50% of that 5% is masculine. Cause I don't want to date someone that looks like me. If she wears a thong, she is my gym buddy, but I'm not having sex with her. So let's take half of that 5% and take us down to 2.5%. And then let's try to see if our personalities match. I mean, like, yeah, it's super easy to find a gay person around here.
1: Yeah. Like, okay, I, we're watching, again, we're watching Grey's Anatomy from, like, the beginning. So we're on, like, season 13 or whatever. It's been a long haul. And there, I don't, do you watch Grey's Anatomy? There- Not since I was... Starting college. There are lesbians everywhere. Like every new doctor that comes in is a lesbian. And it's like, I don't, like, I'm glad they're all happy and they're all able to match up this quickly, but like, I don't think it's this easy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you don't just like look at a woman and be like, you must be gay. Like, you know, it's just so funny. Well,
0: not only that, but when we think about that systemically, to be able to sustain and afford going to medical school, right. To be able to afford going to medical school, to be able to sustain the emotional, like, and mental health stability and capacity that you need to make it through medical school to a residency. Queer people are just not as likely to have access to those things. So like you need family support and you need money and you need, like, you need acceptance. Like you
1: need a lot and queer people don't have a lot. And here we are in Grey's Anatomy with, like, 50% of the female characters are lesbians. It's hilarious. It's the weirdest oh my thing. my God. I do hope they're getting it on in the broom closet, though. But
0: anyways. okay. Oh, always. Have you seen any Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen Grey's Anatomy since um, Izzy was, like, had cancer. It's honestly really good. I hate to admit it. It's really good. Well, Shonda Rhimes is great. I love How to Get Away with Murder. I haven't watched that. Oh, that's the show, dude. That is the show. I would rewatch it with you. Okay. Back to um, this book or we will never get back to it. Many researchers believe blah, 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 yada, yada. Okay. If they find someone who is accepting and stable, who is diplomatic who meets their expectations for commitment and who is caring and can diffuse trouble as it occur- occurs then the borderline personality disorder may experience a satisfying relationship so like it's only aaron the only reason you and aaron are successful is because aaron is sustaining it for you did you know
1: i did not know <laughs> but that is exactly how i read that like you need to find a person who is able to put up with your shit to be able to have a healthy relationship. It has nothing to do with you or the work that you put into the relationship. It's literally if you happen to luck out and find that person. And like, I love Aaron. People refer to him as the calm to my storm. I get it, right? Like, we have differing personalities, but like, it's not. I'm not like living to serve his needs because no. Otherwise, I'm never going to have a relationship. Lucky
0: he has you
1: totally like, and he would say that
0: he is equally as lucky and you put in equally as much work i mean you put in a lot more work but he puts in different work
1: yeah his work, work comes easier
0: to him because he's not emotionally dysregulated I guess is probably the best way to explain that
1: yeah totally but like i'm not sitting here like oh thank the lord that i found oh, the, I, the one person who was able to deal with my shit like the only one yeah Okay,
0: well, that's the book. I mean, we could read through the fatal attraction example, but like, I, let's just, I literally
1: cannot. It's the fact that like everything is negative about the person with BPD or the borderline, as they call it, randomly. Sometimes they use person first and sometimes they don't. It's very strange. But then anything about the other people puts them in the position of like, Either the potential savior or the victim. Right. And like, that's one of the things that I really hate about a lot of things. And if you Google, I wouldn't recommend it, but like, one of the things, if you Google like BPD, sometimes you'll end up down this random like hole of the internet where it's like how to survive a BPD relationship or like how to heal from a BPD relationship or blah, blah, blah. And it's nothing about having BPD or supporting the people with BPD. It's all about like how you're a victim of a person with BPD. And that's.
0: that's Yeah. It's like the whole, the whole explanation of BPD is in fact, a cognitive distortion. (laughs) Like it is, it is just black and white. And that is not, that's not the reality. And you and I know this not only from our work in the field and not only from our lived experience, but like we fucking hang out with a lot of people with BPD in super feelers. And this book doesn't accurately reflect them. I teach a lot of people, DBT skills. This book does not accurately reflect them.
1: No, not at all.
0: So if you guys are listening and you felt shame at any point, let's just, let's just back check it. (laughs) Okay. This book is from 2009. It mentioned nothing about treatment. Um, our symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Our symptoms are totally manageable with dbt or mbt or whatever it is that you choose to use that works for you um, and this just speaks to the stigma that has existed but we Lori and i and i think everybody else in this community is actively working to fight that stigma
1: yeah absolutely and uh if an author of one of these books asked me for my opinion I would be very, very, very upfront about it. We should just like send
0: them this podcast, um, Mr. Randy J. Larson and David M. Bus, circa two thousand and nine, um, McGraw Hill Company. We're embarrassed that you published this. This this does not accurately reflect our live, lives. Lives. It does not accurately reflect the success that we've had. It does not accurately reflect the relationships that we have and have had.
1: Um, y'all are fucking wrong. Yep. And also get a sample size of more than 84. That's pathetic. Truly.
0: Okay, guys. Thanks so much for coming back with us. Thank you honestly, thank you for giving us a break, right? Like let's acknowledge Lori and I needed a break. Thank you for letting us take that month. And, um, I think we're both really, really excited to return to, uh, zoom and podcasting and, um, we love you guys. So future episodes back to come weekly on Sundays and we will see you soon. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey. And we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.